500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die the the ghost who walks enemies beware the phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom he finds you G'day everyone, for those who came in late, you're listening to Expand, the Phantom Podcast. My name is Dan Fraser and tonight I'm joined by only one of the regulars, sadly. Uh, Jermaine is unavailable, we'll get to that in a moment, but Stephen is here. How are you, Stephen? I'm good, I'm not sadly at all, we get to actually get, get a word in, I'm quite happy that he's away. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Episode 77, we were able to get through heaps of stuff uh, in a short period of time, so we'll, hopefully we'll be able to uh, follow up on that again. <laughs> Yeah, well, th- this proves to be a, a, a lot bigger show than uh, episode 77. Very true, very true. And he will regret missing out, but uh, hats off to Jermaine. He's out there um, in the community doing some, some good service and cooking up a lamb roast on a spit. So uh, he, he's working hard and, and helping folk out, so good on him. Yeah, good work, mate. All right. Uh, well, as Stephen suggested, it is a special episode, and um, one of the... F- this would must be the first big interview that Jermaine's missed, and also one of the first big interviews that you've been part of, Steve. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, probably <laughs> when was the last one I had? Cy Barry, I think, talking about the Kid Phantom would have been the last. Let's just drop some names. Yeah. Oh well, why not? Well, before that was Sammy J, I think, and Cy Barry before that. And okay. Then well, Ford. I- well, we are in the same sort of stratosphere today. Um, we know that. Oh no, I think we're going up a hit. We know the old jungle saying that Phantom is known by many names, and now we've got two guests tonight. One of them is also known by many names. Um, you may know him as the King, the Emperor of Lang Park, a rugby league immortal. Um, he's in the Sport Australia Hall of Fame. Um, he's a legend um, on and off the field, um, and is a is. On his Wikipedia page mentions that he is a massive Phantom fan, and we're very thrilled today to welcome Wally Lewis. Thanks for joining us, Wally. Oh, well, my pleasure indeed, mate. Yeah, great to be talking about something important of a Saturday night. That's exactly That's right. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and and of course, um, when I when I uh, contacted Wally and asked about the uh, joining us for the podcast, one of the first questions was, "Can my son Mitchell join too? Because he's a massive fan." So we're delighted to have two generations of. Lewis Phantom fans. Uh, Mitchell, welcome along as well. Thanks for having me, boys. Yeah, it's a very fitting, uh, I guess, superhero to, um, or a comic character to be into with the old man, the generational thing. It kind of works out well, but uh, yeah, massive fan and uh, doing so because of the old man. Absolutely. Oh, that's that's good. And that's um, that's certainly something that we really want to talk about is, is that, because uh, I think that's the, guy, the ultimate aim of most Phantom collectors is to have, um, you know, be able to pass... Their, their passion on, and uh, I think we want to find out your secret, Wally, how you managed to do it. Uh, mate, I, I guess um, well, we're talking about uh, me passing it on to my son. I can remember how I uh, first started reading uh, the Phantom comics, and uh, it was around about the uh, the middle of the year every year when the um, uh, the RNA show, um, or the Easter show as it is in Sydney, um, um, when the exhibition started here in Brisbane, and I can remember uh, my mum and dad, they didn't get uh, a lot of uh, the old sample bags that uh, that you used to uh, collect in those days, uh, but they used to target one area in particular, and that's because um, 
they got a Phantom comic, and they were pretty big uh, Phantom fans themselves. They uh, they used to love to, uh, to sit there and uh, and read them. And I thought, well, I got to start this. Um, have a look what they're up to. And I had the opportunity to uh, to get into it. And um, I guess I was about uh, 14 or 15 when I started to get a little bit serious about it. And then I went to uh, a surf club on the Gold Coast here in Queensland, um, the Nobby's Beach Surf Club, and uh, the Phantom was rife right throughout the place. Uh, it was uh, it was it was quite interesting, and I remember a, a good mate of mine from that surf club. His name was Keith Silman, and I said, um, "Great to see that you're reading uh, these Phantom comics." And he turned around and objected. He said, "Phantom comics." They're not comics. They're true life adventure stories. It's the ghost who walks, the man that cannot die. And uh, from that moment forward, uh, I thought, I've got to get into this a little bit. And uh, um, that's, um, gee whiz, that's uh, 40 years ago um, that that was taking place. And the interest was there uh, right from the start. And you used to have guys uh, not talking about just uh, the bikini-clad girls on the beach in the middle of summer, but phantom comics. So a lot of people used to say that we were a little bit strange and we needed a little bit of help. There were more important things in life than phantom comics. Oh, well, I think I think uh, we all know that's not quite true. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, are you still a collector and a reader today, Wally? Um, mate, I, I hardly get a chance to, uh, to do it now. I... Um, uh, the, the, the one great thing is we talk um, about the Phantom as just being passed on uh, from one generation to the next. Um, Mitchell's got the lot and uh, and uh, he's doing a much better job at, at making sure that he has uh, every uh, um, a comic as it, as it comes out. Um, the only thing is finding the space to stack them. He's yeah. uh, what he got over a thousand. Well, <laughs> I, think, yeah, I, did the, I think I did the numbers before uh, before this chat. I think I must have somewhere between 12 and 1300, I reckon. Um, so... I know they're, they're, they're obviously a few hundred ahead of me in the, in the Fru publications, but, um, yeah, I've done my best. I, I've got a few of the old mans, and I've built on my own since I've been collecting, and that's been uh, for just over 20 years now myself. So, yeah, and a few, few other bits of memorabilia here and there, but um, trying to keep it strong and see how long I can keep it going. Excellent. Oh, that's great. What do you think of the new stuff that Fru's put out? Have you, have you looked at um, the Kid Phantom or Phantom's World, um, the new stuff? I've got that. I, I like the idea that they have branched out a bit. Yeah, I, I haven't had the chance to um, to read the, the offset stuff uh, yet. I've actually the, the kid fandom. I've taken a bit more interest in because I've I've got my own kids now. My oldest mm. boy James turned uh, uh, turned five during the week, and um, and he's been you know aware of superheroes and that sort of thing. Obviously, being a kid for a couple of years now, and I've made him very aware that. Uh, my favourite is the Phantom. He knows that. You know, he's obviously well more, a, a lot more aware of Batman and Superman on being on TV and, and things like that. But he knows Daddy's favourite is the guy that wears purple. And uh, <laughs> and I and I said, mate, there's a, there's a kid Phantom coming out now, and I thought maybe that'll be something that we can read together. So I've got them there, but it's just a matter of actually sitting him down and uh, and and showing it to him, making sure that my two year old doesn't rip them up. But um, <laughs> yeah, I love the idea that they are that they are branching out a little bit now because as much as that was actually a thing that I really did like about the Phantom when I started reading them was that there was just sort of one line, at least in the Fru publications, there was one line. You know, when I'd look at what else was on the shelves at the newsagents? There was, you know, three or four different variations of a Spider-Man comic, and two different Batman's, and three different Supermans. And I'm like, how do you possibly keep track of that? You know, look at the Phantom. It's just same story week after week. It's the same guy, or he's telling a story about one of his ancestors, and he, to me, he's the best. Like, you know, he's just a regular guy doing what he loves. Really, it's like it's a, he's a career superhero. Um, and he's doing it because that's what he got brought up to do, and I think that's what makes him really unique. And 
and uh, one of the things that yeah really sets him apart, and that he was there first too. You know, he's been around the longest mm. compared to any of these other blokes running around. So um, love the bloke. Yeah, I, I uh, don't get as much time to get as invested in it these days um, with work and with family and things, but I still collect every comic and, and still intend to read all the ones that I've missed and all that sort of gear. But they love to see them branching out for sure. Mm. And um, is that a similar story to you, Wally, in terms of why you fell in love with the character as a as a as a kid yourself? That um... yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, we always used to uh, sit around and, and giggle a little uh, a little bit, um, particularly in the surf club days. We'd go straight across the road to uh, to the shop, and um, you knew that if you had a fan of comic and you left it laying around. It wasn't going to be there for too long, so, so guys used to uh, to go over there, and you'd uh, you'd hear blokes basically uh, roaring in uh, with laughter um, how uh, how the Phantom got out of one of the tightest situations that you'd uh, that that you'd experienced uh, whilst reading, um, just to be able to uh, to appreciate that. I think um, was uh, was something that used to uh, uh, bring us all together, and you'd be having a, a discussion. Um, I can remember a mate of mine that was in a, a rival surf club said, "There is something wrong with you blokes at Nobby's Beach." Um, most of the people, the surf club members down here on the Gold Coast, have got an interest in going down to the beach and having a look at the bikini-clad <laughs> women, not damn phantom comics. Um, they'll probably end up in the back of the bin the next time that you decide to go and have a drink in the bar. Um, we probably did need a little bit of assistance. Uh, there were more entertaining things to uh, to look at, but um, I thought it was uh, it was fantastic. You know, uh, you you always used to to be quite amazed at uh, at, at the. Um, uh, the constructive genius at uh, at, uh, at the man in charge that was uh, that was putting it all together, the way that it was uh, that it was written, it was uh, it was fantastic. And to hear some of the stories, I think, um, and it was appreciated from uh, from people from all different walks of life, including soldiers um, that were based in Papua New Guinea in World War Two. Uh, they were they were reading it, and they thought that it was a wonderful opportunity for them to uh, uh, to be able to um, you know what. Uh, make do with a little bit of time mm-hmm. and uh, and get to appreciate the bloke that had built up uh, quite a history um it, uh, it it didn't matter sort of um you know what you were doing what, what walk of life you were from um it was uh, it was entertainment and uh, the creative uh, genius of the man that was uh, um that was putting it all together certainly had to be appreciated mm. it sounds like you had a, a fair um community of people or because <laughs> one of our my experience is certainly that i have almost no one <laughs> outside the podcast that i can talk about the phantom to um, <laughs> and i think a lot of uh fans feel like social misfits at different times but it sounds like you had a fair crew of people um that could sit around and have a chat yeah yeah it, it was and um uh i i, I know uh, my wife uh, at the moment when i uh, uh when i had a uh, um, a, a trip uh, to, to buy some, uh, as I described it at the time, uh, um, a couple of new shirts. Um, she was shaking her head when I came home. There were six or seven Phantom T-shirts that I got from uh, <laughs> from, from the local store that had the Phantom in a in a, in a different uh, experience uh, in what he was doing. And she used to just shake uh, shake her head and and probably think, oh, this this is a men's thing. This is a man's thing. I'll, I'll just stay away from it. And, yep. Um, <laughs> Probably one of the things that I'm sure that her uh, her jaw hit the floor when she saw Mitch uh, and the interest that he uh, that he took into the family uh, into the Phantom and you know we're talking about the clothing. Um, he's sitting right here in front of me in a purple Phantom T-shirt. 
um, a, a very a famous <laughs> one that was uh, put out in the in the early days that uh, that's just come back onto the uh, onto the shelves again. So uh, she's uh, she's probably thinking to herself now, well, he's married, he's out of the house, I can't say anything <laughs> destructive about his judgment. Um, I just uh, I'm going to shake my head again and think these blokes they're kidding. What I've, are they up to? <laughs> I think my wife is a bit the same actually. When I left uh, left the house to come and do this chat with uh, with you guys and the old man, and I'm wearing the shirt, and, she, and she's not. It's not strange to see me wearing some kind of, you know, comic book uh, paraphernalia of, of any description, but I'm also wearing the uh, the Goodmark pendant. And I didn't realise how long I've had it, but I've, I've been with my uh, wife now. I met her about eight and a half years ago or something, and she said, oh, I remember you used to wear that all the time when we started dating. Huh. And I said, oh, yeah, and I could see what was coming next. She says, I, I really didn't like it. I said, what's wrong with it? <laughs> she said, oh, I just, I just, I don't like, and it's huge, you know, this Goldmark pendant, if you've seen the one they put out a few years ago, it is quite big, and, yep. and I said, well, you know what it is, she said, yeah, it's the good mark, and I said, yeah, it's the good mark, is it not good enough? She said, oh, no, I know he punches people, so no, no, tell me about it, no, it's a good, a good thing, he puts on people he protects, and I'm like, all right, well, at least it's all rubbing off the right way, but, yep. um, <laughs> yeah, in saying that, I think, I think the old man started to worry about me at, at, at points, I remember mum driving me to school one morning, and I was walking from the front door of the house to the car, you know, it was probably a 15-yard walk, and I was reading a fandom comic as I was walking, and Dad said, I said, oh, look, you know, this is what he's up to, this is what's going on, Dogie Singh was doing something, and uh, and Dad said, yeah, just, he said, mate, just make sure, you know, you you, you get to your studies when you get to school. He said, don't spend all your time reading fandom, he goes, there's plenty of time to do that, but just make sure you're at school, you actually do some schoolwork. Um, so, I think I had to take the three that I'd packed in my bag out and leave them at home, just in case uh, <laughs> There was always plenty of time. Plus, I think there's a fair chance that I was talking uh, from experience, having <laughs> spent plenty of time reading fandom comics while I was at high school and uh, <laughs> and seeing my uh, my scores at the end of the season, at the end of the year, I'm sorry, uh, at, at a disgraceful level. Um, <laughs> When you regard, um, you know, reading uh, fandom comics as far more entertaining and uh, and a much a much bigger benefit than you do uh, the uh, the school studies, I think uh, it's time to be a little bit serious about yourself. <laughs> well, there are there are lots of good life lessons that you can take away from fandom comics that school's never going to teach you. So it's not all wasted. <laughs> well, Dan, being a teacher, he actually uses you still use that in your lessons. Yeah, um, yeah. Dan, I've got a, a unit a, with my year 12 where we talk about um, texts that have shaped us and, and how they've changed our lives. And uh, I always bring out the fandom and talk about him in class. And, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of uh, truth to the fact that what, what you read, um, you know, the morality of those of those texts and whatever, they rub off on you, especially when you're at a formative age, um, as, as we all were when we started reading. Yeah, I think so too. I think uh, I, I got into it actually when I was 10. It was through the movie actually that I got into The Phantom. Uh, I was 10, yeah, 1996 when it came out and Dad being a massive fan, we got to go along to the uh, to the premiere. I remember seeing a bloke walking up in a full-fledged Phantom outfit uh, up the middle of the aisle before the movie started and I was just so taken back by this real-life character as it seemed walking past me and uh, loved the movie and I, I must have, Dad must have asked me a couple of days later how I, what I thought about it and I said, oh, I'd yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see it again, or I want to know more about him, or something. And and Dad went show, you know, ruffling around his uh, his study desk, and he found I'm pretty sure it's issue 1012, The Guardian of the Eastern Dark, 
and he said, "Here, have a read of this." And that was the first Phantom that I've ever re- I ever read. I've still got it, same condition. I've wrapped it up, and all my all my Phantom comics are in plastic coating, you know, the the wax free or whatever it is. They're all so well kept and mint condition and all that sort of gear. And uh, I've still got Guardian of the East and Dark, and I just absolutely loved it. I think after I read it, he took me up to the news agent. Uh, they had about three on the shelves, and I picked up the three most recent ones, which I think eleven seventy four, seventy five, and seventy six. And uh, and then he I read through them pretty quick, and he said, "Oh, you know what? I reckon there's a few of my old ones at Grandma and Grandfather's place." And we went over there, and they had this big styrofoam box, had a couple of hundred in there, so we yeah. put that in the boot, and I took that home, and they were probably in the six, seven, and eight hundreds, and. I read through those, and so I've been collecting them since 96. I think I've got every issue since 1982, I want to say. I was trying to find my um, my booklet uh, before I come over here to double-check, and my wife, you know, if I've got a, a, my birthday coming up or something, or, uh, you know, she wants to treat me rather than buy me what maybe whatever other 31-year-old <laughs> of, my, of my kin would like, she goes and finds the oldest one she can on eBay, and I think it's about 112 I've got or something, but um, trying to do what I can. But you're right, I think this what i love about him and and it could be boring to other people i don't know is that he's so clear-cut there's right and there's wrong there's good and there's evil and that he he's dedicated his life to being a good guy and stopping bad people from doing bad things to you know the helpless and all that sort of thing and it's all in the oath that he swears and i think maybe you know i mean i am a massive geek and i love all these characters so i probably do look into it maybe more than others and maybe more than they're deserved but while we're sitting here talking about the fandom that we love I, i guess coming into that character and what he's all about at 10 years old. Um, I'd like to think that I was a good kid before then, but, you know, learning those lessons while you're in those formative years and reading about a character like the Phantom, um, I think he's probably, you know, the, the best among the rest to uh, to learn life lessons off if you're just taking little sort of, you know, personality traits uh, off one of the guys. You know, he's a, he's a good guy and strives to do the right thing and, you know, raise kids to do the same thing and... Uh, that's what I've taken out of it anyway. Yeah, Mitchell's right man there in saying that uh, that you do get questioned sometimes. Uh, um, you, you start to wonder whether you get in, into it a little bit too much. I used to go to fancy dress uh, parties were pretty big in the uh, the late 70s uh, and early 80s. Um, and we had the one place up the road. I think the uh, the guy used to just shake his head the whole damn time because every time I went to a fancy dress, I'd go in the phantom outfit. Um, they kind of <laughs> used to say, "There's something wrong about this bloke. There is he's a he is a bit of a weirdo." We're starting to think that he's just coming to these fancy dress uh, outfit uh, functions just to to try and impress <laughs> us. But he's getting ready to knock off the local bottle drive or uh, or do a break and end a job. And, Bandit. Uh, yeah. The only problem was that uh, I wasn't going to be able to dodge who it was because I was the only one that got dressed up as the Phantom continuously. I think, Dad, I had him take me to a costume shop in uh, just outside Brisbane City for my grade 11. Instead of a semi-formal or or, or anything like that, um, our school did a, a masquerade. So we got to dress up in any kind of fancy dress that we wanted to. And I knew that I wanted to go as the Phantom. Absolutely going as the Phantom. I had, and I said, Dad, take me to this costume shop. I want to find a Phantom costume. And in your mind, you know, it looks like, well, I guess what Billy Zane looked like in the film, or at least what it looks like on the front cover of a of a comic. That's what the that's what you're going to look like. Somehow I had muscles and I had a giant chest. I had white eyes. Like I knew how good I was going to look. My pop owns horses. I was going to get him to get me a horse. I was going to ride up even 50 yards. I thought. Dream scenario, I get on a horse, I ride up to the front door of wherever we're going to have this semi-formal and I'm going to dismount the horse, he can take it home and I'll get to walk in, 
guns in the holsters, walk in, and I'm just going to be king shit, basically. <laughs> and, and, of course, you go there, and as you guys, I'm sure, would know, too, if you've had a look at Phantom costumes, they don't quite look as good as what they do in the comic books no. or, as, uh, <laughs> or as good as Billy Zane does. I think the, the, I went over to a friend's place. They said, oh, no, she can make it. She makes, you know, real screen-accurate ones, unlike the costume shop does. And I think her the, 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 the underwear on the outside was more like boxer short it was that sort of length and it was white and navy and a bit of really weird purpley color for the rest of the costume and i had to shut her down really kindly and just said look this if i'm going to look like this i'd rather not look like that at all because this yeah. is the phantom you want to do the blokes in honor so uh yeah he's a tough character to nail if you want to try and look like him and uh i think the closest i get to looking or, or acting like him is drinking a glass of milk but uh yeah. as, as opposed to do, doing all the training and uh and everything else that comes with it Absolutely. So, was it just uh, was it just yourself, Mitchell, that, who got into the the Phantom? Wally, you weren't able to to get Lincoln or um, Jamie, is it? Yeah, into into the character Jamie as well. Link. Yeah, no, they had uh, no, you had no interest. I think Link used to uh, used to look at it every now and then and and just shake his head, um, wonder exactly why uh, Mitchell was, was getting into it. <laughs> Um, uh, he, I think he used to appreciate it when it was used as a, a fancy dress costume. But um, uh, when he got into the uh, into the acting, um, it certainly wasn't going to be to try and uh, secure a spot in the next Phantom movie. That's for sure. If I could have made that happen, I would have. <laughs> if I could, have, if I wasn't going to be the Phantom myself, I was going to make Lincoln do it. But I think Dad's saying that he used to get, uh, you know. Uh, gear thrown his way on, at Nobby's Beach. I think while I was getting into the fandom at 10, even Lincoln at 9 was already more interested in girls than he was <laughs> ever going to be in fandom comics. So it was uh, it was tough to try and rein him back in and say, here, read this black and white comic book. Yeah. Oh, well, that's... Uh, well, give, give him a filming one. He'll be... <laughs> <laughs> that might help. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, it's probably yeah. uh, worked out for the best in the sense that you don't have to split the collection amongst the, the two of you then. <laughs> no, not at all. It was definitely going to be, uh, yeah. I think it was going to going nowhere else. If Dad didn't ever want a want a piece of, uh, didn't have any any room to put anything up, um, it was it was going to me. Even things that I think that he definitely wished he would have been able to put up, but uh, there was just no room on the walls or anything. I know that there's a there's a beautiful piece actually mm. in the room we're sitting in, signed by uh, the tremendous Glenn Ford back in 1994. It's uh, a piece he uh, he painted for Dad and said uh, to Wally, "May you live 500 years." And I was just getting into the into the fandom. Dad said, "Oh, here, look, I'd like to give this to you. You can you can hold on to it." And uh, actually, next to it, Dad's got his um, the fandom club certificate yeah. of membership. I even had that in my. I think I sold that from his study, and I put that in my room. It was Dad's certificate, but I'm like, well, it's got the fandom written on it. Yeah. I'd like to put that in my room. Well, I used to have a little bit to do with him as a, a bloke by the name of uh, Johnny Henderson, um, and uh, the, they got the uh, the fandom club started. Uh, in uh, in southeast Queensland, and then managed to spread it around. And uh, I've got this up on the wall, um, and it's uh, it's a certificate of membership um, that uh, uh, includes the uh, the sacred oath, of course. I promise to fight on the side of weak against the oppressor, with good against evil, and to do everything in my power to destroy greed, cruelty, and injustice wherever it exists. And may my children follow after me. And I think that's uh, that last line. And may my children follow after me. Um, this was something that I got um, many, many years before uh, uh, Mitchell was oh, a couple of years before uh, Mitchell was uh, uh, was born. Yeah, um, I so. think that's Dad's party trick too. If I, so I, I tell people like, you know, Dad's into the Phantom. Like, your dad would never be into a comic book <laughs> character. I'm like, I said, Dad, read him the oath, recite the oath, and he can do the oath. And I'm like, see, he's a fan. <laughs> 
Oh, there you go. I was a member of the uh, of the club as well. I, I got in it probably three or four years before it, it wrapped up, um, and it was a wonderful club to be a part of. And received the Jungle Beat newsletter, um, you yeah. know, through the mail yeah. when it came. And um, so, so you actually knew um, Hendo yourself, did you, Wally? Yeah, yeah, got the opportunity. I think um, I think he was living in Cooparoo in Brisbane at the time. I, I stand corrected there if it's if that's the case, but uh, he was from a, a similar area. Um, and um, I think when it got started off, it, it, it was probably seen as something, oh, what's he going to do here? You know, is he <laughs> if he's charging membership? Are we going to hear another word after we make that first donation? Are we yeah. ever going to hear, hear of him again? Um, but he, he stuck with it uh, for quite a while, and uh, uh, I think there's the... Um, you know the case where there's a lot of other things come along in life uh, when you when you're getting into your uh, your early twenties and, and other things to do. So um, there uh, there were, but um, as I said before, the the surf club that I was in on the Gold Coast it it was quite uh, quite remarkable. Actually, uh, a lot of the guys used to say, you know, when we're down here, we're supposed to be interested in, you know, getting down to the beach and not just saving lives, but having a look at um, some of the people on the beach, uh, which was probably 90% of the attraction um, on the Gold Coast beaches um, uh, for some blokes, you know, to be talking about the Phantom when they had that uh, uh, in competition was probably a little bit strange. And uh, we used to get questioned uh, quite a bit. You blokes are talking more about the Phantom than you are about the bikini clad women on the beach. There is definitely something wrong with you blokes. Indeed, you need a little bit of help. So uh, I, I think that made us grow up pretty quick. I think we're lucky too, being like if we're Phantom fans, being in Australia, even the support still that it has. You know, I know from me starting it only ten years old, what twenty-one years ago, there was always you know six or seven different more issues than any other character uh, on the newsagent shelves and yeah. things like that. And uh, and even now, still I go in and there's if there's only one comic uh, sold on the shelves, it's Phantom comic. And if there's you know four or five different characters, well, there's more back issues of the Phantom and more copies of each issue. So there's obviously still. Uh, a lot of love for the character out there, even as we're saying, you know, we, we find it hard to find people to uh, talk in great detail about it because people seem to know a couple of things about it. it. might be the purple guy that lives in the jungle or something, but that's, you know, about it or they associate it with the movie. But uh, it's still good that he's stuck around for as long as he has. I mean, we'll be celebrating, you know, I don't know, it's 15 years away or whatever, but it's or 20 years away, the, uh, the 100th anniversary. But mm. uh, for a character to have lasted that long and to have, I guess, in-world to be a character that's been around for, for centuries as well as... Um, yeah, I sort of feel like I found the right one to uh, to follow. As much as I'm into all these other characters that are getting blockbuster movies these mm. days, I still uh, I still consider uh, Phantom the King Daddy of them all. So, what are you? It's a question we ask uh, all of our guests as they come on, and Jermaine was quite insistent that I that I ask. Although I think he knows what the answer is going to be. Um, would you consider yourself, each of you, to be what we call a forecast and someone who um, you know rates the Lee Fork stories as the canon and uh, well and truly the only real phantom? Um, or are you um, more of a modernist who also accepts the the Scandinavian stuff and all of the various stories as being um, um, acceptable or whatever as well? I know when I started getting re- getting really obsessed with it all and I, I'd had this, uh, you know, shonky old notepad and it was, you know, each page was its own little documentation of the phantom and, you know, one might have been, you know, when... Uh, you know what 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 their wives were named, you know, and things like that. Another one would be how they how each of them died and things like that, because you know Lee Falk obviously went back and told stories of the ancestors. You might get to meet, you know, the seventh Phantom's uh, wife, you know, and find out how the fourteenth one died or whatever. And mm. so I would write all this down, and then the more comics I would read, I would find, hang on, well that 
that's the same 15th, that's the 15th Phantom, but he's died two different ways. How yep. can that be? And then I'd realised that <laughs> Lee Falk had written one, so I'd always, even then, I didn't, I didn't properly know the term canon or what it meant, so I just figured, well, you know what, if the guy that created the character wrote it that way, then for me, that's the way. And, you know, if, I don't know what I thought I was going to do with this information at 14 or 15. Maybe one day I was going to write a story, and then I eventually got into, into film and TV. Uh, I wanted to become a, a film director, and um, I, I was working at a cinema, a, a, a fellow manager uh, at the cinema, many years older than myself but a massive Superman fan and had you know sort of written his own fan film and that sort of thing and he said have you ever done a phantom sh- a, fa- a fan film or a short film I said no well, why would I do that he said why not go and write one and I did, it must have been 10 or 11 years ago now and I started writing one and I think on a flight back from Melbourne to Brisbane I just punched out this probably 20 30 minute short film of the phantom I think it was based on that issue again I'm trying to impressed myself with my memory because I haven't looked at it in so long. I think 856, Our Phantom's Childhood. And so basically about the 20th Phantom um, getting stabbed in the back and uh, sending Guran over to America, finding Kit playing football at college. um, And, you know, he's on the eve of maybe going out to dinner with Diana or something and he gets whisked away and taken back, swears the oath, his father dies, he buries him puts the suit on, and that's, that was the end of the story. And, I, I, again, I, I, I keep thinking, oh, one day I'll make that, one day I'll make that. But um, I think that, and that's the information that I always base anything that I was ever going to write about The Phantom. And, you know, obviously when I was studying film and TV at 17 years and, and you know, the, the sky was the limit, I was going to make the next big blockbuster Phantom movie following the 90, uh, 96 film, you know, whether it be a sequel or a follow-on reboot or whatever. But, yeah, I think the folk... Um, I, I, I like reading all the different interpretations and things and stories, but I think if any information uh, contradicts uh, another, I think, yeah, definitely Lee Falk's um, version of events would always take precedence in, uh, in my mind anyway, yeah. And yourself as well, Wally? Yeah, oh yeah, I, I'm a bit of an, an old styler, an old timer, mate. That I, I think the way that uh, that it was created uh, uh, by Lee was uh, um, the backbone of the story, the the thing that made it uh, uh, such a magnetic attraction uh, for people that uh, that believe that um, you know it was a true life adventure story. It was extremely entertaining, um, and you know we uh, we all have to uh, to put up and accept a little bit of change as it comes along. But um, I think when you've uh, you've got a little bit of history and um, the way that it is uh, it sort of flows uh, it can be quite destructive if you try and change it to turn it into too much of a uh, um, a modern day uh, alteration of, of a story and uh, um, you know the history is just that in itself um, it remains so, so strong and so interesting to a lot of people because that was the way that it was um, it can't be changed it couldn't be modernized um, we wouldn't be talking about um, you know going down and uh, um, going down to the Gold Coast on, on a horse and cart and, and trying to turn that into, uh, you know, a, a few episodes or a few years later, turning it into, uh, um, you know, the same sort of people um, racing down there in a, in a, in a car. Um, the story itself uh, gained so much credibility and and, and uh, demanded so much attention uh, because of, uh, of the way that it was constructed. Hmm. Would, um, you may not have had a chance to, to read the last, over the last year, the, um, the daily newspaper story, uh, The Curse of Old Moz, sort of threatened the, the death of the 21st Phantom and hinted at him being replaced by 22, and um, the last three through comics actually have carried a, a Scandinavian story that is explicitly set a few years from now and has the, the concept of the 22nd Phantom coming out. What are your thoughts on 
uh, should the 21st Phantom die, should we move towards the 22nd Phantom? Yeah, I, uh, myself, because like I said, I, I've, I've been a bit light on the last probably five years with my reading, and I know that Dad, when I, I used to ask him once I got into the fandom, I said, oh, do you know, do you still get them, or how, how long did you collect them? He said, oh, mate, you know, I, I got a lot of them, I just couldn't read them. He said, you know, once once I got married, and, you know, with football, and, and obviously things, and then having kids, obviously, he said, I just I just didn't get time, and and I used to think to myself again, this idiot twelve-year-old, like, oh, that I'm not, I'm going to keep reading them. I'm going to read them no matter what. And sure enough, I've I've got three kids now, same as dad, and I got married five years ago, and I haven't really read too many comics. I've you know I keep aware of what's going on, and then obviously listening to you guys as well, and and staying up to date with some things. But uh, I hadn't been into a, a comic book shop or a newsagent for uh, probably the last two months because I got it. My third son was born uh, about eight or nine weeks ago, so huh. been a bit light onto the um, for the shop trips and I, I was in a news agent the other day and I uh, went to go grab every issue that I'd missed and I saw the last three um, issues were the 22nd Phantom Part 1, 2 and 3 and I just thought, oh god, what's going on? What has he done? What's happening? <laughs> They've finally done it. Oh no, what have I missed? And I just thought, I've ruined, I've spoiled it for myself but um, then I looked into it a little bit more and, and saw that you know, it was what you uh, what you said it was but I actually found myself thinking about that today that you know they've always, you know, for the longest time when they start, started the comic in 36 or 48 depending on, you know, which which iteration you're looking at it was always 400 years ago and then mm. we, we were we were following the 21st phantom and then as the years went on we were obviously still following the 21st phantom but then it had to be well, 450 years ago this happened and then now we're edging closer to well this is going to be 500 years ago and i again i was getting a little bit obsessed with it as a young kid trying to break down the average age yep. or average years <laughs> that each phantom was obviously the phantom and and, and uh, between um between exchanges between you know his father and his son and things like that and there's also it's 40 years since he married diana yeah uh, yeah <laughs> he's getting on a little bit and so i i'm a big <laughs> I'm a big James Bond fan as well, and I like the idea that those movies, uh, at least up until they, you know, redid it with Daniel Craig, that those films were all they're always set in the same continuity, and it's just like, well, those films have spanned at the time 40 years. It's the same character. They're just all, you know, they just exist in the time that they were made, and so the the Doctor No story from 1962 probably happened four, five, six, you know, up to ten years earlier than Die Another Day with Pierce Brosnan in 2002. And I've, that's what I've obviously with The Phantom is that it's obviously not the same guy continuity-wise that we're following from 1936 to 2017. It is the same character, but it's just always been rebranded that, you know, he, back then he was a pre-World War II hero. Now he's a modern-day 2017, um, you know, Kit Walker sort of thing. So I, I don't know that I ever want to see... Our Phantom, as he's known, not be the Phantom that we follow the majority of the time uh, in the comics. But mm. if they if they're going to stick to the 1536 is when it when it all started uh, with yeah. the attack and uh, and and that you know we can't get to a stage where it's 500 years ago or 600 years ago, whatever. And that by the way, this is, we're still following the 21st Phantom. But I don't think I'm ever going to be ready to uh, to let that character go. And and I, I like to think about at least one issue when uh, I think. I think the Phantom, uh, the Phantom's father, was training him and or, or, or talking about his father, the Nineteenth Phantom. They said that uh, he said, "Oh, the, your your grandfather, the Nineteenth Phantom, is is 
regarded, I think, was of, as the best of the fandoms for whatever reasons, you know, yes. uh, um, all the things that he did. And and I thought, well, surely, I mean, we follow, if our phantom ever died, well, the 21st phantom, he's going to be remembered as the oh. best ever because he's our phantom. But I just, yeah, I don't know that I'd ever be ready to let him go. And as much as I think, you know, it's going to, in, in story, it makes sense. It has to happen. Um, and if, you know, 20, 30 years time, they go, well, hang on, if we average out the years between, it's now been 500 years since the since the attack from the Singh Brotherhood. Um, it doesn't really mathematically make sense anymore. I still don't know that I'm going to be ready to do it, but if it has to happen, <laughs> it, it will. And then I guess we get to then we get to follow a proper continuity. It's, it, our Phantom will then be Kit number 22 and and his twin sister, and then that's a whole other dynamic. So um, I don't want it to happen, but it'll, it'll give us something interesting to read about that we haven't had yet. We won't be alive in 500 years. I know that. <laughs> Yeah, no, some very good points. Um, just uh, in case people are keeping track, I'd, while you were speaking there, I just went back and checked my database, and uh, you're pretty well spot on the money with your quotes of um, uh, issue numbers there, Mitch. Uh, Guardian of the Eastern Dark is indeed episode 1012. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I was the, nervous about that one. The childhood of the story, uh, Phantom story, though, you said 856. It's actually 865, so 865. I think that's pretty oh, good. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry, Dan. Dan yeah. oh, well, he's he's you, a resident fact checker. Really <laughs> <laughs> no, you've done well there, and uh, um, I think that's pretty well close enough. <laughs> when you go, when you're going back, um, well, that's uh, 25 years of, of issues. So, <laughs> well done. Yeah, there. well, and I'm having to, I'm having to keep those those uh, the, the Phantom comics locked away further and further as my kids get older. So they're uh, they're in their plastic slips, they're in their you know authentic comic book boxes in my room that's sort of my media room, my geek room, my child's room, as my wife calls it. It's yep. sort of where I get to go in and play with all my toys, essentially. So, But the kids see them, they just want to take, what are these books in these slips? Why can't we play with them? And I'm like, no, 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 no. that's Daddy's books, Daddy's books. You've got to put them down. Or you'll learn about them later. And Sarah, my wife, says, well, you know, what are you going to do with these eventually? You know, you're going to, do you want to give them to James like your dad gave them to you? And I'm like, well, ideally, and if he wants to get rid of them, tell him to wait until I die, because yep. then I don't care. But if I give them to him as some kind of inheritance when I'm 60 or 70 and I'm not gone yet, and then he offs them to, you know, make, you know, a, a quick buck, which would be his right to do if I gave them to him, I don't know that I'd ever forgive him for it. So I'm going to hold on to those bad boys as long as I can. You must have, a few, uh, you must have a few reading copies floating around, though, surely. Uh, yeah, a couple. Um, so, and I know, actually, the old, the old man, like he says, he it doesn't get as much time as what he uh, what he used to when he was younger. But uh, you have been getting into it a fair bit again the last couple of years. Where I'll come over and I'll think, did I buy a comic and leave it here? But it's actually <laughs> Dad. He's went and bought it and it's just on the coffee table. So you know, Mum might have a uh, there might be a gossip magazine, there might be a home lifestyle magazine, and then there'll be a Phantom comic on the coffee table. So you know what house you're in when uh, yeah. when there's those kind of mixtures um, in this place. It usually lasts an hour before it disappears in Mitchell's car. <laughs> Saves him. <laughs> well, I need I need that reading copy. I need the one that I can give to the kids to rip up while I, I keep my good one. So, Wally, you do still have a few. It sounds like um like you said the certificate there and a poster up uh, or or the art from Glenn Ford up on the wall. So you do still have a, a few odds and bobs around the house. Oh yeah, yeah, we sure have. Um, and I've also got a yeah, um, a hat that I bought. <laughs> Oh, that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a phantom. It's a purple phantom hat. Obviously, purple you... playing a very important role in the colours with the, the phantoms out. There. The fade of the purple, though. This fade thing. It, this has been around since the mid '80s. I want to say this. With this the hat. right bread, 
uh, a bright red uh, phantom sign in the in the middle of the cap, so uh, that's been there. And um, every every now and then, I just happen to be. Go- Usually, it's um, when I'm either just coming back from somewhere or or dropping into a into a shop that I've got no idea really why I've visited the shop other than maybe to pick up the paper or <laughs> or, or get something. And uh, there'll be a, a phantom T-shirt there, and I think, oh well, I. I better get that one. I haven't got that one at home, so <laughs> I'll bring it back. Much to uh, uh, the wife's disgust, she'll just shake her head and say, "There's another one. Why do you? <laughs> why do you need another one?" Works out well for me though, because I come over he and she says, "Oh, down, she yeah. says, oh, your father bought something for you. I'm getting now. Oh, thank you for seeing next." Yeah. I yell out, Where, "Where's my shirt? Oh, I thought you bought it for Mitchell. I gave it to him. Gave it to him straight away. Yeah. Thank you, dear. What a wonderful pleasure that is." Hmm. Uh, so, do you guys, um, you know, when you when you do get together and, and come over for coffee or whatever, do you sit there and just chat phantom, or uh, is that a, is a regular topic of conversation in the Lewis household? Uh, it comes up every every now and again for sure between uh, between the two of us. And I, it used to be a point that we actually used to rub in in Lincoln that you know we'd have this we just sit there and chat phantom trivia and oh what about the, what, what about when he did this you know to uh, to Dogie Singh or what about you know when this happened with the pirates in this place or whatever and and uh, yeah oh oh but what about the what about the fourteenth phantom how good was he when he took down these blokes in Eastern Europe or something you know it was just Lincoln had just sitting there and going shut up with this phantom BS I can't get over <laughs> like it was just our point. A difference but um yeah i think it's it's almost uh, a thing we get a little bit cocky now when we'll be we i don't know what, what type of conversation we'll be talking about but we'll we'll manage to throw in a phantom reference here or there i know that uh as whether it's been a year or 20 years of dad's you know read a certain comic or whatever he, he's able to uh, retain the uh, retain the knowledge and and all the little things that's made the the character you know, so wonderful along the years. I know, like, even just a matter of, you know, just devil and things. Like, you know, we can't talk about dogs the same way after we've known devil and horses with hero and things like that. And, you can talk uh, about a wolf, though. Yeah, you talk about a wolf, obviously, not a dog, of course. So mm. I even said to him the other day, my, my oldest son, James, who I just said earlier, just turned five, his name is James Christopher. And for the longest time growing up, I remember reading a, a fan letter to, into the forum uh, in, in one issue, God knows how long ago, and uh, I think a female fan wrote in to uh, Jim Shepard and said, oh, I named my eldest son uh, Christopher, or Kit. Uh, Christopher, of course, but Kit for short. And I thought, yeah, I reckon I might do that. And then I <laughs> stuck with it for the longest time. I said, I'm going to name my first son Christopher. And my middle name's James. My old man's uh, middle name is James. Uh, my, his dad's name is James. And so I was going to keep that in, uh, in the line. Uh, but it was going to be Christopher after uh, after Kit Walker, and I ended up swapping them around um, late in the piece before uh, before my wife fell pregnant with uh, with James. Um, but he still carries on with Christopher, and and I think I told her one day I said, look, to be honest, this might have something to do with the Phantom. Uh, I wasn't going to call him <laughs> Kit, but I will call him Christopher uh, for the Phantom. And her old man, he, one of his middle names, he's got two middle names, one of his middle names is Christopher. And so I think as far as my in-laws' side of the family are concerned, <laughs> it's it's named after he, my son's grandfather. And I'm like, well, they don't know the truth. It's actually named after my favourite superhero. But what they don't know won't hurt them. <laughs> And as long as they don't listen to this podcast, they'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, won't, I won't send on the link for this one, no. Yeah, they'll, they'll be suggesting psychiatric evaluation. <laughs> but at the same time, they won't be too surprised. Cool, cool. Now, one thing we have to ask about, um, Wally, obviously the the way that um, for many fans that uh, everybody knows that you're a, a Phantom fan is that uh, you are one of only, and we... We sort of put our heads together with Jermaine, who knows a lot more about this stuff than we do. Don't tell him I said that, but 
there's very few people who have actually appeared in their photo on a Phantom, Phantom trading card. We could only come up with Billy Zane, Lee Fork, and yourself. Um, <laughs> that's that's yeah, pretty that's illustrious quite... company. Yeah, yeah, I I still re- I still remember um, uh, getting a, a telephone call uh, and being asked about it, and I thought it was one of my mates, and I I told the bloke where to go about twenty times. Um, <laughs> there was a fair bit of swearing going on, uh, and, and I just ended up saying, "Keith, you're an idiot, you're a dickhead. I'm I'm not going to get sucked into this." And he ended up saying, "Look, why don't I give you a, fo- a phone number, and you can give me a call back." Uh, that way, uh, you'll sort of know that it's uh, it, it's a realistic number. Um, so I did. I ended up ringing him back, uh, apologising, and getting the <laughs> chance to do it. And, and just prior to taking part uh, uh, in this conversation, I jumped on the line uh, again, have a look at uh, some of the old uh, um, uh, costs of, of the, what the uh, the current day costs for some of the uh, the early the true life adventure stories are, um, and uh, and. On it was uh, a picture of, uh, of me standing there in the Australian rugby league jersey with the Phantom, uh, the Phantom mask on. Um, I got a kick up the ass, pardon the expression, from uh, from somebody who said that I was prepared to um, um, uh, to take a little bit of uh, pride out of the Australian jersey by having. And I thought, oh mate, Phantom, please. I said it's uh, it's a Phantom mask, you know. Um, that's that's all it is. He said I was insulting the Australian rugby league oh. jersey, which. I didn't really get to it, hoops, I reckon, um, <laughs> or anything else. Um, so it was uh, it was something that when I was given that opportunity to do it, I jumped at it. I, I thought, how good is this? Um, this will be a once in a lifetime opportunity. I guarantee I'll never get it again. And uh, it was uh, it was a little bit of thr- of a thrill, and it was uh, twice as much humour as well. I think it was the tagline that got me. The um, <laughs> where they how they changed up the ghost who walks, man who never dies. Uh, across it in the background of Dad and goes to scores, man who never loses. And as a ten-year-old, and just sort of coming into appreciate the fandom, and also become aware of, I guess, what Dad's status was in in rugby league and, uh, and and that world. And I just thought that was the greatest thing that I'd ever seen in my life. My dad, as captain of the Kangaroos, in his Kangaroos jersey, wearing a phantom suit underneath, and uh, they changed up the phantoms' nicknames to suit the old man. I'm just like, this is the greatest thing that I'll ever see in my life. I would have loved the opportunity to run on to a test match against Great Britain standing there with the outfit on you would have seen him looking saying we knew he wasn't the full quit that Lewis he's got the Phantom dressed up as the Phantom this is going to be I would have said to him boys you're about to get your ass kicked old jungle saying yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure they're pretty rough you would have been rough on those roughnecks <laughs> Well, we talk about the cards, but we're just looking at the the cards on eBay, and looks like that that card in particular goes for anywhere in between one hundred and ten to two hundred and forty dollars. Yeah. Whereas, like well, your normal run of the mill footy cards, even if they're signed by you, are going by three for three to seventy five dollars. So, uh, yeah, I think there was one other uh, that we saw uh, tonight, and it was nine hundred dollars, which was just for a, for a signed one. And I, uh, I used to say to people, if you ever get one like that, don't pay the 900 bucks. Just get yourself a card and bring it. I'll sign it for nothing. You won't be paying 900 bucks for it. That's a rip-off. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. I hope, uh, I hope you guys have got at least one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I haven't I haven't seen it in a couple of years. I know we've got it. We've definitely got it somewhere. I think uh, we had a few actually. We had like a, a bundle of them. Uh, obviously, once they were printed, so I definitely I locked that away, and I've probably got it locked up with my actual Phantom trading cards. I've got a couple of sets of those from 
uh, 10 or 15 years ago, a, a couple of sets they brought out. So I reckon they've got it now. I'll have to track it out, yeah, actually. Yeah. I reckon the kids would love to see that. That would be unreal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, That's why you get him. Yeah, yeah, granddad's, your granddad is the, uh, is the phantom. <laughs> got, got a secret to tell you. <laughs> well, it's not going to help them because I, I already look at them and I think uh, some of my earliest memories of, of dad was when he was 31 and I was, you know, four or five or whatever. And uh, I, I think I'm like, God, that's, you know, like he was, he, he looked like a man, you know, like he, he looked like what I imagined a man looked like at 31. And now I'm 31 and I'm like, I look like a boy. And I dress up <laughs> in superhero shirts. You know, I, I talk about, you know, like on my, on my own uh, separate podcast and websites and talk about superhero stuff and uh, and movies and TV. And I play lightsabers with the kids outside. I'm like, their father's like a grown up man child. But uh, I guess it's probably not going to help if I go and show them a picture of their grandfather uh, dressed up in a phantom suit as well. I just think it's something they have to get into. <laughs> That's totally that kind of, kind yeah, of interesting exactly. you, that, you, that you say that. I was um, yeah, doing a bit of research before talking to you guys, and um, I came across a story about um, is it your uncle or your great uncle there, Wally, who um, fought in World War One, and yeah. the comments made there that he was like eighteen or nineteen, and he looked more like a man than, than what you guys did at the time when that interview was. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He uh, actually he, he uh, went to war. He was fifteen years of age. And uh, that's uh, that's how great um, you know that's how how uh, wonderful heroes were uh, fighting in the war. Um, they put their ages, uh, they put them uh, way up. He eventually got to uh, to go back, and uh, he got killed on the 25th of September 1918 in Mac Palestine, um, fighting for Australia. And uh, it was basically uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's a long long time ago, but uh, they were the ones that, uh, that that really had the uh, you know the, the, the serious issues behind them. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Yes. Well, um, I, yeah, I've got I've got that same sort of uh, hero thing with my dad uh, too. To be honest, like not in the he was a police officer. Yep. And um, yep. you know, well and truly. Yeah, that uh, I look at uh, where I am now. I'm, I've just turned forty, and what he was doing at forty, I'm like, oh, I'm nowhere near as <laughs> the the sort of man <laughs> that he was. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think we all go through it at one stage. Yeah, yeah, and you get to be able to appreciate uh, what they did as well, and um, you go. It's a bit of a learning curve. Uh, as well, you like to try and, and you know, I know I tried to model myself on uh, on my father, and I'm sure Mitch, um, you know, had the, the same sort of ideas on uh, on what he wanted to uh, enjoy in life and achieve in life, and and be able to uh, uh, you know provide for his kids. We all want to do the, exactly the same thing, and that's make life as uh, as comfortable as we possibly can for our children. And that's another great thing I think about the character. Like it's it's a you know a very used trope. You know whether you got uh, your your Batman's or your Spider-Man's, where you know they're they're whether it be their father or their immediate carer, uh, you know, gets killed, and uh, you know they swear vengeance, and that's where they uh, you know they they start their um their heroism and with the phantom obviously he was born into it but back 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 you know the 21 generations ago that's really how it uh, how it did start but i guess aside from the the hero stuff that's where it, the underlying i guess stuff of the phantom that really hit me at one point i don't even know how old i was with just the the idea that it is about fathers and sons and uh there was one line i don't know which phantom said it i want to say that it's the 21st because it's an easy one to go to but <laughs> one of the phantoms in a, in a thought i don't know whether it was sort of close to his own father's death but he thought no phantom has ever met their grandfather because they've never had a need to <laughs> you know that no no um no no heir apparent 
has ever needed to get married and have a child um, when his old man is still out there at 40 or 45 years old fighting these bad guys. So he's off living his own life until he gets that dreaded phone call or, or monkey mail, as it may be, to, uh, to come back and swear the oath and, and you know, take over the mantle. So just reading that line, yeah, no fandom in 21 generations has ever known their father's father. And that's a relationship they've never had. And I remember thinking, I'm, I'm still lucky enough to have all four of my grandparents until recently I had a great grandparent still around as well. And I remember thinking at that time, wow, I'm obviously I've got my, my old man here and, you know, obviously he got me into these stories, which is, which is kind of um, meta in itself. But uh, you know, I've, I've still got my, my own grandfathers here and, um, and just the special bond that, yeah, fathers and sons and, and their own fathers and things like that uh, have. And, and that's, yeah, another special thing I think about the fandom that's so unique to that character if we're going to compare him just against other other superheroes or other, and other comic book characters that, uh, that that sets him apart. And I think that's, um, yeah, that's it's something pretty special about the character for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um one of the other things we wanted to ask about, uh, Wally, in particular, was um, obviously uh, through the 90s you had a bit of, um, there was a bit of awareness of you as, as a Phantom fan, and I remember reading somewhere about, um, oh, you know what it was? I got I got a letter from uh, the secretary of the Phantom Club, and I'd written in um, as, a, as a kid saying how, <laughs> I remember um, writing in saying I was getting picked on at school because I kept wearing my Phantom cap to school and kids kept stealing it and taking it away so um, she actually wrote back to me and said you should tell those kids that there's lots of famous fans um, and she, she listed yourself uh, Max Walker Bill Laurie um, Margaret Peacock was in the letter as well um, former first lady I guess if you want to use that yeah. term of Australia um, did you yep. ever get a chance to meet all of these other Phantom celebrities or talk at no circles sort of thing uh, Bill Laurie, I did. I uh, had the chance to, to be able to talk to it, and uh, I used to hear a lot about that when I was a young kid. And uh, I used to say that, um, you know, he uh, he always used to read them. Every opportunity he had while he was waiting for the chance to uh, to go out and uh, and represent uh, the country. So, um, yeah, whenever we uh, we did see, which wasn't um, all that often because of the, uh, uh, the the different places that we lived and uh, and different sports that we were involved with. But uh, uh, whenever it came up, I, I think we, we always enjoyed talking about it. And uh, there was always that first question uh, that used to uh, to pop up. How did you get into it? How did you start? What was your first interest? And, um, you know, it's uh, each and every one of us are probably different in some way, shape or form and, and how you got started. But um, there was always that, uh, that, that genuine interest in, in the other guys and what they saw as, as, as the most interesting. You know, what was the favourite memory that they had? Um, we all used to talk about uh, how often um, the fandom used to uh, mosey on into a, into a bar where he had probably 10 or 12 blokes um, that were making life pretty tough for him very, very quickly. And uh, upon ordering a glass of milk, yep. found himself under under more pressure. And uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, he'd, he'd clean them all up, and you'd uh, you'd be laughing together. And uh, quite honestly, we we probably felt like a bunch of school kids. And here we were, you know, you you you, you probably somebody like Bill Laurie, and uh, you know, would have been the the idol of uh, some sports fans, cricket fans indeed, uh, around the country. Um, but this is a bloke that's uh, probably getting off by. Reading a fandom comic, so uh, it wouldn't be about uh, you know uh, looking into the how to bat, how to score a test century next time I get a chance. Um, but it was a thrill. I think um, it was always good to talk about, and uh, um, it just shows that it, it doesn't matter 
uh, what sort of person you are, whether you're a sportsman, a businessman, um, just a, a, a general everyday parent, uh, or, or somebody that's uh, growing up and looking for interest in life, um, that uh, that we open the door to something like this, and uh, um, the Phantom uh, be, became part of our lives. It was just a high quality entertainment that used to leave us with a smile on our face. I think the only time I used to get a a, a little bit sort of short tempered was. Um, was uh, if, if you turned it onto the last page and it'd be to be continued. <laughs> oh, Jesus, here we go. Another couple of weeks till we find out what happens here, and uh, they'd be the shortest two weeks of your life, the grumpiest two weeks of my life. I know that. <laughs> well, we recently berated um, um, Jermaine about he wanted to do a, a to be continued type thing in the um, in that last three parter that you were talking about there, Mitch, and yeah. Dan and I just. No, we, yeah. we we came down on him hard. So no, that, that's not the way. We did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not the way you end a narrative, mate. <laughs> not, not a little three-parter like that. And uh, and Mitch, what about you? Like you've mentioned that you do. A, what's the name of the podcast that you do? Uh, get into geek. Yeah, get, um, so we just yeah, get into geek. Yeah, so we just talk about movies and uh, TV shows, whether comics, uh, games. We do tend to just focus on movies and TV. It's a lot easier with the amount of content that's out there, and uh, and it probably all started just because I was looking for a way of, uh, you know, it's 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 very easy for me to talk to people about obviously things like the Phantom, um, superhero movies, uh, TV shows that I'm watching. I can talk people's ear off all day about that sort of stuff, and I just wanted an avenue where I could do that. I, I'm lucky enough. I work on radio in Brisbane uh, for Nova. Um, I do the sports uh, on there. Another thing that I've—I uh, wasn't able to play footy like that, but I can talk about footy uh, on a uh, on a media outlet. So um, I—it's uh, very hard to go from talking about rugby league and uh, and soccer or whatnot, and then into talking about how much I love a, a superhero. But um, yeah, I do do that uh, do that podcast and uh, trying to weave as much phantom into it as I can. I was going to ask. So have you have you been able to do a uh, like? Last year, you could have done a 20-year review special on the Phantom movie or something like that. Uh, no, we uh, we we didn't do that, and it's it's one of those ones where I'm, I, all my mates they don't they're not into the Phantom like I am. They're obviously well aware of him, probably because of me. And it's not <laughs> even I guess kids these days that are getting into superheroes, and it's the ones that are making the big bucks at the movies and uh, and on TV and things like that. And the Phantom might be one that they're aware of, but um, you know it's sort of something that they don't think about too much, unfortunately. Whereas yeah, the guys that I grew up have a respect for it, I think, because they know how much I love it and for all the reasons that uh, that I love it as well. And we, we did try to do a lot of, I guess, modern, sort of whatever's current and, and things out in the cinemas, but I would actually like to start doing some uh, some some retrospective uh, reviews and things, and The Phantom would actually be a, a great one to look back on because it, it was what got me into the character. And I know that, uh, like before, when we were talking about the different iterations of The Phantom in the comics and what true, true purists and focus would uh, would believe and would prefer um i know that the movie you know itself did change a few things up and that you know it depending on what type of fan you are you 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 liked it or you hated it or whatnot um i can i can see it you know um how i watched it back as a 10 year old and and just this just wondrous you know to our uh, experience of my life introducing me to the character and um i do recognize it's not a great movie by any means but i would probably rank it as one of my favorite films just because of how much i respect the character and love the character it's I, I whenever it's on tv i make sure i at least watch uh whatever's left of it uh, on there and mm-hmm. uh, for better or worse and um 
and and try to spread the word of it and say to people, you know, if you don't like the movie, the character's better than that. Or if you don't like this comic, then go back and, and read another one. I used to, every birthday, one of my friends, whatever the current comic was, I would buy them an issue. And I don't know that they ever read it. I know that my best mate, though, you still go to his, um, at one stage, his bathroom, and he'd have five or six issues from five or six different birthdays that he just, that was his reading material. So I'm like, at least someone got into it. But um I should actually do that. That's a fantastic idea and, and do a, uh, a look back on The Phantom because um, I got close to doing something similar in film school and we had to pick a scene from any movie and look at the production design. And I was sitting there thinking, how am I going to go and pick some, you know, a, a, like a, a, a Shawshank Redemption or something and, and look at the production design. These movies that are regarded as, you know, the top three greatest films of all time. And I thought, why don't I just go with something that I know and I'm into the history of, and that was the Phantom. And I think I studied the end scene where he and Diana are in the crypt room before she leaves on the plane. And I played that up in front of my class, and I got a couple of sniggers because it was the Phantom. You know, it's an awful movie because they're all, you know, snooty-nosed film students. Um, <laughs> and uh, I said, look, I'm just up here. I said, I'm talking about this because I know this. I've seen this a thousand times. Uh, I know what the source material is. I know mm. how they've had to adapt it, why they've done something different on screen to what they did on the paper and things like that. So, um, uh, yeah, I... Uh, I do, uh, I, I do love the movie, and I would love to go back and, uh, and re-watch it for the purposes of actually properly reviewing it. So you've probably given us a good idea for a, uh, an episode of a podcast oh, in a cool. few months. So I might have to get you guys on for that one. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Crossover podcasts, it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, even if we're not on it, um, make sure you let us know when, uh, when you do it, and uh, we'll certainly give it a plug through the website and that sort of thing um, so we'll that uh, fan and fans are aware of it. Oh yeah, definitely for sure, and I, I think that's that's half the reason I want to catch up and with uh, with all my reading is that uh, I, I would like to start reviewing a lot more uh, print material, and uh, you know I've read a couple of uh, the Star Wars canon comics that are coming out now that the the movies are back, and uh, when they re revamped uh, DC, what nearly two years ago and a few you know extra marvel stuff that's come out i've had a little bit of a look but so many comics come out every week and they cost so much more than a phantom comic does so mm. there's no way i have the money to invest in all that if i'm going to invest in any comic it's going to be the phantom so i want to uh, get back up to date and actually start reviewing them uh, week to week even if it's just an excuse to talk about it myself and and uh, like you guys do just spread your particular love and opinions uh, of the phantom with with other fans and uh, and start a discussion going well, yeah, without the podcast and the website, I'd probably be the same in terms of falling off my reading. It is a very good excuse to make sure that you've uh, read the latest issue. And you'd be the same, Steve? Uh, absolutely. Um, I'm actually a little bit behind. I haven't read the um, the Gaslight fandom from the, um, the 22nd fandom saga. I'm, I'm struggling. I've got a bit of work and a bit of study to, to do myself. And it's, I was just whatever oh, I can I'll... fit in before the, um, before the, yeah, for the podcast is, yeah. <laughs> Really I like what those I do. words that you just use. I'm going to use them when I go home to the missus and she says, what are you doing? I'm reading a Phantom comic. It's study and it's work. And I'm going to use those. I just thought of something when you when you're just talking there, you, you know, about the DC and stuff. Um, I read today that um, Phantom's got a new connection to DC. I don't know if it was just today or, or yesterday when the news came out, but Andrew Constant, the, the writer of Kid Phantom, is... Um, He's the writer of the demon. The was it? it uh, I'll get his name wrong. The rhyming demon from DC Comics, Ed Trigon or something like that. He's, okay. He's um, penned a, a new six-parter, which comes out in November. 
Okay, yeah, I didn't know that actually. Um, yeah, and, and that's what I, I've, I've actually never even looked into just what you said with DC stuff because, like, DC obviously they published some phantom stories mm. over in the, the US back mm-hmm. in the day, and uh, and that was that would always amaze me because I thought what I loved again about the phantom was that he was this you know sort of cult hero, you know, he wasn't the mainstream, he wasn't your Spider Man or your Batman, you know, worldwide or anything like he's certainly popular all over the world, but um, you know, name recognition maybe not so much, and the fact that I knew him through uh, through publications, and uh, and he wasn't a Marvel character, wasn't a DC character. But then I saw, wow, he's obviously big enough to be picked up by these guys. But uh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, if it's an offshoot, you know, Kid Phantom, that he's actually writing some stuff for uh, DC as well. I have to look into that. So uh, yeah, thanks for the tip. No worries. <laughs> well, uh, here's another tip. Um, I don't know if you... Brisbane Supernova's coming up. Um, uh, world-renowned phantom author Stan Lee is actually going to turn up and uh, be there. He, he did write one phantom story back in the 1980s. Um, I think that counts. <laughs> yeah, that, that is brand-new trivia to me. I did not know that. I, I thought I loved Stan the Man for enough reasons. It turns out I've got to love him once more. Actually, my work with uh, Nova Radio, we're actually doing some stuff with uh, Supernova again this year, and they said they came up to me a few weeks ago, the, the girls at work, and they said, now, if we're going to pitch some ideas, you know, what's, what's your one goal if you could do one thing? And I said, look, let's be honest, I want to talk to Stan Lee. I, I just want to talk to him for 30 seconds. He, he's Stan goddamn Lee. Of course I want to talk to him, but now I'm like, I was struggling to think of what I'm going to talk to him about. I think he would be very surprised if I come up and said, the number one topic I want to talk to you about is your one issue of the Phantom. But yeah. I'm going to do that, actually. If I get the chance, I promise you guys I'm going to talk to him about the Phantom. Cool. Well, it was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't realise that. No, the, the very first Defenders of the Earth comic is uh, Stan Lee. Ah. Well, he wrote the song, the theme song. Did he? Yeah. Stan- I'm sure of it. Oh. There you go, I didn't know that. Stanley wrote the theme song for the for the cartoon. He can do everything. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you Stan goddamn Lee. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, another another question I wanted to ask you there, Wally, is um, about um, obviously as a as a rugby league legend, you'd be meeting lots of rugby league fans in your, in your work when you get around and um, talk rugby league and and in the community and stuff. So you'd you'd be meeting those fans with a with an F. Do you meet many Phantom fans with a PH? And um, is there a difference in the interactions between the two? Um, I don't get to meet a lot of Phantom fans. That's a bit of a disappointment, actually. Um, I I often... Well, certainly when I was playing, um, it was uh, it was a lot um, a lot more common. A lot of the guys, a lot of the sports guys used to, used to enjoy, um, you know, were... And getting hold of the uh, the, the publication every time they uh, they got a chance, and we used to talk about it. Um, it's it's probably a little bit different now. Um, I think the, uh, the the modern day players, um, their uh, their personality, their lifestyles, kind of a, a bit different. Um, uh, so you know, I, I don't sort of know what to, what pleases a, a lot of them off the field in in that respect, but um, certainly. Uh, there, uh, there appeared to be a lot more time uh, to be uh, um, reading the uh, the Phantom True Life Adventure stories um, when uh, when I was playing. The current day guys, um, you know, they're involved in in, in that is their work uh, these days. And whenever they go home, a lot of them find that um, they're simply not going home to their uh, to their families. Uh, they're going home and starting training all over again, getting back into the weights and uh, and, and doing things. So um, I I think they probably. Uh, just got one thing on their mind, and that's footy. And, and I think that's that's a bit of a shame, actually, because uh, um, the entertainment 
um, that, uh, that, that, that is there, that is available for most of them, just uh, simply never gets looked at. Yeah, and, and well, you, sorry, can, no. you can burn yourself out if you stay 100% focused, and, and I think that's um, one of the dangers of this more professional football era that, we, that we're that we in, um, yeah. that, that you can just burn out if you're, you're just 100% focused on that and don't have room for an outlet. Oh, mate, that's a, your comment there is is 100% correct. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because it's uh, the burnout factor uh, is is a real danger uh, for a lot of the guys, and I've I've certainly uh, experienced um, a lot of a uh, lot of guys that I probably thought were going to be uh, uh, even better than what they were. They've uh, certainly had uh, wonderfully successful careers, um, uh, but the burnout factor certainly is uh, one of the biggest issues that that they have uh, because it's um, uh, everybody seems to think that it's a, it's a physical confrontation it's a, a physical challenge and it's a physical approach uh, but it's the method the role that uh, that you're you uh, the mental uh, issues uh, have you know it demands 24 7 attention these days um, you know probably the only time they don't think about it is uh, one would say is is when they have a bit of a, a snooze but for a lot of these guys um, they they think about it when even when they're in bed it's a it's a very uncomfortable life uh, for them and um, just recently we were talking to a couple of the guys at the Broncos and said um, uh, to a couple of them you know bad luck fellas you know you're, you're out you're, you're gone the, the, the season's over um, you, you know, it's extremely disappointing. And one said, "Yeah, it is. It is. It's, uh, it's always disappointing to lose." He said, "But mate, you know what?" He said, "Geez, I'm going to enjoy this time off. We we didn't get a real lot last year." He said, "But it's uh, it's something." He said, "I desperately need." And he said, "And not just because of my own um, a rest and relaxation period." He said, uh, "Just getting back and introducing myself to the family all over again and see if they remember me." Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we we. Uh are all Aussie Rules fans, the, the three of us, who and we talk a bit, a bit about Aussie Rules at the start of most podcasts, as Mitch probably can attest, and, um, and you'd know in the news lately that all the deal with Josh Shackey and, um, you know, lots of, yeah. lots of people needing yeah. to go home and, um, uh, you know, the, the professional environment can really take it out of you. Yeah, yeah it sure can, mate, and I think, um, you know, you've got to remember that... Um, it can still affect uh, these guys well after they've retired. Um, we're, we're talking about sports stars now, whether they be AFL uh, or the NRL, um, the rugby union guys, uh, even the cricketers. Um, they're having some uh, some mental issues. And once upon a time, uh, the only time that you heard that word mental issue was uh, when you used to get a lot of guys insulting each other on the field. You're not the full quip, mate. You're not worth two bob. But uh, the extreme pressure that the players are involved in each and every game now, um, whether that be in in AFL um, or, or NRL, uh, it's quite extraordinary because they're expected to produce their best each and every uh, each and every week. Um, and while it still uh, retains its title as uh, as being a sport, it's business for them. Um, it's their everyday employment, and uh, if they're not successful in it, well, um, it won't be too long until they they speak to the coach, and uh, he'll be pointing to the door and saying, "Thanks for your time, fellas, but um, you better you better go and look elsewhere." So just to, to bring it back to the comic a little bit, is that, do you think, part of um, the reason or part of the, the secret to your success as a as a, an athlete, Wally, in terms of you, not necessarily the fan, but you're prepared to have fun and, and have other interests off the field, um, you know, have a bit of fun, dress yeah. up in the, as a fan and a, and a Aussie jersey and this sort of stuff? Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a, that's that's a good point itself because uh, I remember a, a, an early a coach of mine. He was my first captain in first grade, Ross Strudwick. Um, he used to demand that uh, when you're at training, you gave 100%. When you were playing, um, you gave exactly the same. Uh, you had that input, um, but as soon as that finished, just get away from it. Uh, relax. Make sure that uh, that you enjoy the things that uh, every other bloke in the street is doing. And for me, I used to get away with that. And as I was saying before, uh, I, I used to spend a hell of a lot of time the entire summer. Uh, I'd be down to the Gold Coast uh, with my mates, and it was uh, an opportunity to to have a drink, um, look at the scenery that was often on show on the beaches, um, and uh, have have a beer and uh, and talk about the uh, the Phantom. And uh, it was uh, it was just a relaxation period and entertainment. And 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 that was certainly something that you know if you if you said to some of the uh, younger blokes these days, uh, go and read a comic or a true life adventure story, um, you know, <laughs> just, to, just to relax, they'd probably question uh, whether, you were, whether you were the full quid. Um, it, it might seem strange, but uh, for me, that's just um, an everyday uh, part of life. Um, it, it's, it's about enjoying it, doing the things that, you know, you mightn't uh, get an opportunity to do all, uh, all that often, except, you know, every couple of weeks when, uh, when it's coming out. But um, you've got to be able to enjoy life, uh, no matter what, um, what you're doing for work. Um, and the entertainment of, uh, of, of relaxation is, uh, is just uh. that. It is fantastic, and uh, it, is, uh, it is a real thrill. Yeah, it's just that that escape from you know from the from the daily grind, and you can just you know you got oh. that half hour or whatever, and you can just yep. enjoy in, enjoy and just yep, everything else just falls away just for that you know simple half hour. Yeah, yeah, it comes in, um, and then for for most of us, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys will agree, um, it's that um, that half an hour or you know maybe even a little bit longer when you get home from work where you can just throw the uh, the feet up and enjoy the company of. Um, uh, of your family uh, and or friends uh, that are around and uh, all of a sudden um, the whinging, moaning, groaning, complaining that um, that some of us were doing while we're at work, at work um, that's been put on the shelf uh, overnight and uh, we'll, we'll take it up again tomorrow and again um, that makes uh, you know things like being involved in, in reading The Phantom um, a, a real relaxation. It's uh, it's fantastic. It's it's something that's a little bit different, but something that uh, that helps take your mind off it, and uh, uh, you get to be able to look back on it and think, yeah, I'm glad I was involved with that. I had the opportunity to do so because it made me uh, uh, a lot more comfortable, a lot better person. Oh well, and, and for the listeners, I hope that that's what we're doing with the podcast a little bit. Is you you're getting a half an hour, an hour, or two hours some weeks to, to uh, listen to the, listen to us gibber on about the Phantom, and um, you've got a brand new excuse to, for why you're doing that now is uh, that that uh, mental relaxation and getting away from everything else. So don't be ashamed of. <laughs> and too much Phantom's not enough, I think. So uh, and I think yeah, right, even with, this, with the with the footy players, I reckon it might even be a, a good idea for for Dad and I to go to the Go to the likes of the Broncos or uh, or elsewhere, the Lions up here right uh, next season, and, and actually maybe try and give them a fan of comics. See see how many closet sort of you know uh, uh, geeks and nerds there are out there because yep. I think there'd be more than more than what we know. I know some of the biggest and hardest blokes uh, in the Broncos that I, I have uh, daily dealings with uh, are the ones that come to me. You know, come uh, come Star Wars coming out. I've actually had Josh McGuire, who's part of the Broncos, if you don't follow the NRL, and uh, big tough bloke covered in tattoos. 
and he's like, mate, can you hook us up for The Force Awakens? I've got to see it opening night, you know, and they're always trying to cut They know that I don't hide, uh, hide, hide my geek card and, uh, and, and love all the superhero stuff, so they, they're happy to come up to me and talk to me about it, but I think in front of the boys, they, they try and hide that stuff away, yeah. so uh, maybe I need to get a fandom comic in front of them, so just, just give this a look. It might help you out once a week. <laughs> might help you to relax. So, yeah. <laughs> so on the NRL, like they, the last couple of years, it may be a few years ago now that they they had a superhero round and lots of the the clubs wore superhero jerseys and that sort of thing. How much of a missed opportunity was it that the Storm, who wear purple, didn't go with the fan? <laughs> <laughs> that's a golden opportunity gone begging, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, that, that's a round every week that. Um, I think it's got a snowball effect every year. More and more people dress up. They uh, they love to have the opportunity, but that's a golden opportunity for Storm. The only thing they're going to miss out on a, a little bit um, is not being able to. Uh, um, you couldn't cover the eyes. That uh, <laughs> <laughs> the way they play. They, that's about the only hope opponents would have. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the football players are probably thinking, well, if we dress up and they're not able to actually. Uh, recognise us, pick out who it is. We can go out there and do what we like, punch them, bite them, kick them, gouge them, headbutt them, whatever they like, they won't recognise us. And, uh, uh, any man that looks upon the the, uh, the unmasked face, they're in for a little bit of trouble there. <laughs> well, Kit Walker famously was a, a, a very powerful NFL athlete over in the States when he was uh, going through college. I'm sure that he'd tear up the uh, rugby league as well. Yeah, <laughs> I've always seen him as a uh, as a good second rower. I think. Yep. <laughs> then again, he's lightning quick. He'd be great in the wing as well. So put him anywhere on the park. Absolutely. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, I um, I think we've probably wasted enough of your time tonight. Um, or, or hopefully. Oh, I've thought of one more question. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. What um, in your collection? What would you say has uh, would be your number one item? Your n- number one pride of place item of your collection? Either of you? Um, oh, geez, looking at I, I know that uh, I've got one of those Phantom the lamps uh, they released you know ten years ago, or whatever it was, the big ceramic head bust of the Phantom. That's uh, top middle top shelf uh, of my DVD and Blu-ray wall in my media room. Uh, so that sort of overlooks the everything else I've got going on. I know the uh, the pendant that my wife isn't so particularly <laughs> fond of. I uh, because I, I bought the collection, I've got the skull ring, the good mark ring, and the pendant, and I, I don't wear the ring because I want to keep them in good condition, but something about wearing the pendant, as many characters do uh, in the comics, I just sort of had to I had to do that. But uh, I think just those comics that I was talking to you about before, I think uh, Guardian of the Eastern Dark, um, it, I haven't got it mounted or anything like that at the moment, but I, I would like to one day because it was the first uh, Phantom uh, comic that, that Dad gave me, um, so it was that father to son uh, thing, and, uh, and so he that's what got me into reading the um, reading the comics. So that's definitely a pride of placement, I think. And I met uh, director Simon Winsor uh, back a few years ago when he made uh, a movie about the Melbourne Cup with Stephen Curry called The Cup. Actually, he came in mm-hmm. to uh, to Nova Radio and uh, did an interview with uh, our Brecky team, and and I said to him, mate. I've got this fandom poster. I love the character. I'm a big fan of the movie. Um, the fact that an Aussie directed it, um, and, and it was shot here a lot of it as well, I think is fantastic. And he signed it. You know, to Mitch, Slam Evil, si- uh, Simon 
time in winter. Um, so uh, a, few, a few things here there. There's something for the comics, something from the movie, and uh, and then a few bits and pieces of mem- memorabilia around here as well. But uh, also the fact that my comic collection takes up probably a quarter of the space in my media wall as well. So um, <laughs> it's, it's it's its own sort of um, uh, has its place of uh, place of good. What do you what do you reckon, Dad? No, well I've got it on the wall there. Mitch was talking about it before, and it's uh, Glenn Ford's. Um a uh, wonderful shot on the wall. Uh, May you live 400 years. Um, that was certainly uh, something that brought a uh, massive smile to my face the, the, the first time that uh, um, that I got a chance to, to have a look at that. Um, really good. But um, everything that uh, that I've got, whether it be the, the, the rings um, or the, uh, the the club membership, I think it, uh, it, it all sort of... Uh, uh, it, it's all in the same inverted commas department. Um, something that, um, that I, I appreciate on, um, and you know whether I was um, being involved um, with the Phantom when I was uh, uh, 15, 25, 35, 45, or 55 as I was two and a half years ago. Um, I'm still getting the same entertainment uh, out of uh, out of being involved in it, and uh, uh, the opportunity to talk about it. Um, I haven't spoken about it. Uh, in, probably for this long in, in over a decade, huh. um, but it was something that it's uh, a reminder of uh, of how much it, uh, it it entertained me and a whole bunch of blokes that I was um, spending most of my time with as as a young man growing up, and uh, and that was to, uh, to to be able to talk about it, and it was uh, it was fantastic. It was an opportunity, I think, for for, for us to talk about um, um, what's something that we were paying under a dollar for once uh, once upon a time uh, was giving us uh, uh, entertainment. And uh, it was certainly something that um, that we look back on now, and um, um, <laughs> some of them might say it was a penthouse or the Playboy magazine that they looked uh, like <laughs> looking at most. But for me, that wasn't the case. Uh, it was certainly the uh, uh, the opportunity to grab the next edition of the Phantom. I think my wife says that at the moment. Actually, some people say to her, "Geez, aren't you getting over Mitch? He's got you know thousands of comics." She's like, "Well, he could be stacking thousands of penthouse magazines." I think I'd rather it be the Phantom if, if I'm truly honest. So. <laughs> <laughs> Bothered by it. <laughs> yeah, I think my wife said something very similar as well. <laughs> <laughs> well I think we're going to get it could be a lot worse. <laughs> oh no, look out! Yeah. No, it's, it's a healthy passion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that it is. That it is. Very good. Well, thank you very much for your time tonight, guys. I know that um, uh, Wally, you were so receptive uh, when I first touched touched base with you to try and get you on the podcast it was at the start of the footy season and uh straight away you said that you were keen to do it and i've really appreciated your enthusiasm for it we've had to put it off a few times um because of just how busy you are during the football season i know you're a very busy man and you've got a lot coming up um as well so really do appreciate you taking the time out to talk to us uh, my pleasure, guys. Thanks for the uh, for the offer in the first place, and it's uh, yeah, it's great. It's uh, it's interesting. I think a lot of us um, often wonder when we see we can see people on TV and in different uh, walks of life. Uh, we like to hear the story behind the story, uh, and uh, for something like this, not a lot of people knew about it for for a long, long time. But it was quite surprising to see how many came up to me and used to say, you know, you're involved in the fandom, you read that. And, you know, I've heard a couple of other people do it, such as Bill Laurie and go down the line. And it's, I think that's uh, that's the one thing that we like to hear um, is, uh, you know, the, the, the background to, to somebody. It was, uh, it was certainly uh, my pleasure indeed to become involved with you guys. Oh, thank you very much. And, and Mitchell, really appreciate you coming on board as well. And uh, um, you can hear in your voice what a massive fan you are. It's uh, been an absolute delight to talk to you as well. 
No, it's been good uh, chatting to you boys. Actually, uh, yeah, it sort of brought up a lot of other things that I I, I I sort of lost from the from the surface and my love for the character. But uh, no, thank you. And I know that obviously this started as talking to Dad, and uh, Dad was kind enough to ask me or to ask you whether I could be involved. So uh, I would have hated to have missed out on the opportunity to, to talk to the talk about the fandom with some other fans. So uh, thank you, boys, and I'll continue listening to the show. I've always loved it, and. Um, I'll uh, stay tuned and I'll uh, I'll let you know when I go to review the film uh, for its 21st year anniversary uh, in a couple of months. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Oh, well, it, it, 21 fandoms, 21 years. It's uh, there's a nice symmetry yeah, there. It's all worked out. Oh, it yeah. works, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, so get into the geek. Is there? A, uh, sorry, get into geek. Is that that's the name of the podcast? That's People the should one. check that yep. out. Uh, yeah, sure. We're, we're uh, yeah, unfortunately not covering as much uh, Phantom as what you guys are. So this is still your number one Phantom podcast out there, of course. But uh, we're talking uh, any other movies and uh, TV shows that are on the go. A lot of them superhero related. So if you're into The Flash and all that stuff on TV or want to talk some Thor or Justice League, Star Wars in a couple of months, uh, you can come and see what myself and a few other idiot mates of mine think. But uh, obviously you guys are the number one place to go. So if you uh, have any podcast time left in your day or week, come check out Get Into Geek with myself. And uh, do you guys have any uh, social media links or Facebook or Twitter or anything like that you'd like to give a plug? Sure, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, we're Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just uh, simply search Get Into Geek. Uh, myself, uh, if you uh, just want to come talk Phantom, I'd love to just sit here and talk Phantom. Even just uh, uh, setting up this chat with uh, with yourself, Dan, uh, was uh, was fun, and I'd love to keep talking Phantom with you. I'm just Mitch underscore Lewis. Uh, on Twitter, and uh, yeah, come talk to us about the Phantom. Talk to me about the Phantom. I'll, uh, I'll talk to your ear off it if you're a fellow fan. Uh, let's uh, let's do it. <laughs> awesome. And for those in the television, um, ratings periods coming up. Keep watching Channel Nine. <laughs> <laughs> when the Boss comes on, that means there'll be a fair chance the, uh, if the boss gets too impressed, I might get a pay rise next year. So I'll have to slip you some, boys. Just remind me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'll be the X band boost that's coming your way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much again. And uh, from easy Steve. boys, no, thank you for uh, for allowing, especially <laughs> myself. I know uh, Dad is more than happy to come on, but uh, thanks for accommodating uh, me in the chat as well, boys. I really appreciate it. So, um, yeah, big uh, big opportunity to talk to you guys. So I love the show, and um, yeah, look forward to maybe not listening to myself as much in a couple of weeks' time when this one comes out. But uh, <laughs> otherwise, look forward to every other episode. I don't like the sound of my own voice very much, despite how he much won't I talk. Shut up! Tell him to stop talking. <laughs> He's still blowing on. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Uh, really pretty. Well, we'll try and get it out um, in the next few days. I, I hope it's not going to be a couple of weeks, but it, it is one of those things, I suppose, with a podcast that, uh, especially an interview with you guys, is going to be reasonably timeless. Um, it's not going to matter too much when it comes out, unlike some of the news ones we do and stuff. So that uh, should be good. Yeah. Not too easy, boys. No worries. Cool. All right. Thank you, boys. Say hi to Jermaine for us. Good on you, guys. Good to talk to you. So thanks very much to Wally Lewis and son Mitchell Lewis for their time there. A really entertaining conversation, Steve, I thought. Oh, hugely entertaining. I, I was sitting back here the whole time with a great big smile on my face, just not believing that I, could, that I was talking to the King Wally Lewis and his son about the fandom. It, it, it was just brilliant. It, it is one of those moments, isn't it? We've, we've had a lot of fun on this podcast, but uh, it is talking, and you mentioned during when we were talking to them, some of the big names like your side Barry's, you, celebrities like Sammy J's and now the King. That's um, unreal. Yep, fantastic. 
with tick- a capital PH. Yeah, exactly. We're ticking them off. Um, there's, a, there's a few other irons in the fire that um, I think people will look forward to. We don't have Billy Zane lined up yet. <laughs> I should let people know that. <laughs> and uh, we've, we've reached out to Bill Laurie and his management. They're not, he, he hasn't been super responsive, I've got to say. But, um, yeah, I, I, I was nearly going to do a bit of a shameless plug. You know, oh, you know, said, well, next time you see him, Bill, just, uh, <laughs> just around the studios of Channel 9. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can touch base again and say, look, we've talked to Wally. Uh, we need to get you on as well. I'd love to hear from Bill. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, these are these are the hopes and dreams that we've got for for our listeners to to hear from these really cool fans, and it's a it's an awesome opportunity for us to do something really really fun um, and talk to people who we probably would never talk to otherwise. So, oh, it's just it's an absolute mind flip. Yep. To think that you know, from reading a comic when you're you know a young kid, to being able to talk with the creators and being able to talk with it, with other fans about it in the way that we do, it, it's yeah, you know, I, I can only say fantastic because that's the only word that's going through my head. But yep. you know, words don't do it justice. It's an absolute mind flip. Yeah. And of course, we do for that. We do have to thank our Patreon supporters because without uh, without a few people chipping in a couple of dollars a month into Patreon, we wouldn't be able to um, put up as much content as we do. And um, it has been a, a ripe little period at the moment where we're putting up right on the edge, or maybe just over our our monthly minutes that we're allowed to do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, without without people who are chipping into Patreon and uh, supporting us in that way, we we literally would not be able to do that. Um, we do have. I think we were talking about it. Um, this morning, something like five or six podcasts that we've, you know, keen to record and get out there um, as soon as possible. So, uh, at least for the rest of 2017, we are going to be right on our, our monthly limit again by the seams of things. So, uh, to all of those, to those of you who do chip in through Patreon.com/ChroniclesChamber, we re- we do really appreciate it. And if anyone else would like to throw a couple of dollars our way, so that. Uh, Joe doesn't get too mad when we do go over on that occasion, <laughs> um, and and that that extra little bit of content's paid for. Um, that would be fantastic. We'd appreciate that. But anyway, um, keep following uh, Xband the Phantom Podcast and and Chronicle Chamber on the website chroniclechamber.com. Um, we are of course all over the well, we're not all over the social medias really. We we dip our toe into the social medias uh, certainly on Facebook through the Phantom Collector uh, Facebook group as well as the chroniclechamber.com fan and fan page on Facebook we're on Twitter at Chronicle Tweets which is how we manage to get in touch with uh, with Wally and Mitch so sometimes those social medias do work for us um, Instagram at Chronicle Chamber and um, what's the other one Google Plus I don't does anyone something. use Google Plus <laughs> oh someone in the survey said they did I was surprised oh did they yeah, yeah. YouTube, we've started a little bit on YouTube. And YouTube, of course. Um, uh, Chronicle Chamber is the name of the, the channel there, so hit us up on that one. And, of course, you should be subscribing to us on iTunes or whatever your um, your preferred podcast channel is um, or delivery method um, because that way you won't miss a beat. We're not, we're not a, a super-organised podcast where you know that you can flip in on Monday morning and download the latest episode because it's come out the night before. It's haphazard. We acknowledge that. We've, we've got full-time jobs and, and you just never know when opportunities come up. So your best bet is to subscribe and it'll just download its way onto your, onto your phone um, so you can listen to us as soon as, uh, as soon as it's available. Yeah, it's a nice little surprise in the morning. <laughs> Wake up, oh, it's up. Even though I know I'm the one that put it up there last <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice little notification to get. 
All right. It's <laughs> not to say that your work's working. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, so Jermaine, um, hello to you. I hope that the uh, the lamb spit roast was magnificent and you spent a bit of time uh, with regular folk in the community, not just Phantom fans all the time. Sorry you missed the uh, the big interview, but uh, we know that you're, you're doing the right thing. Stephen, as always, absolute pleasure to talk to you about all things Phantom. It's been great. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you very much. All right, good <laughs> anyway, mate. See you later, everybody. Happy Phantoming. Happy Phantoming. Five hundred years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The Phantom, the ghost who walks. The Phantom, enemies beware, the Phantom's always there. But you won't find the Phantom He finds you